0: And welcome to the EGU podcast, bringing you experts weekly in mindset, energy, business and all things spiritual. We are a collaborative community hub for awakening and emerging entrepreneurs to thrive. You're with Michelle Reinhardt, creator of Entrepreneurs Globally Unite. And today we're here to enhance your personal and professional life with star shamanism. And my guest today is Steve Nobel. Welcome to the show, Steve.
1: Hi, Michelle. Thanks for having me.
0: You're very welcome, Steve. I have to admit, uh, your show is one of my favourites. You're on my favourites on SoundCloud.
1: Oh, great. Yeah, thank you.
0: <laughs> no, yes, yeah. you've, um, you've probably heard this before, but you've put me to sleep many a time as I've been listening to meditations as I drift to sleep. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I have heard that many times. Some people say they fall asleep with my voice in their head, which is, I, I guess that's a good thing. I don't know.
0: Oh well, let's, well, it certainly is for me. That's for sure. It, um, it, yeah, it just sets the scene for a great night's sleep, and um, and it, your voice is so soothing and melodic. It's really lovely to listen to.
1: Thank you. Thank you.
0: You're welcome. So Steve Novell is an author, a coach, and the founder of Soul Matrix Healing. He trained in a number of magical spiritual systems including shamanism over years he was a director of the internationally acclaimed non-for-profit organization alternatives based in saint james church piccadilly in london for 13 years and you can visit more information at the Soulmatrix.com. and if you need to just check down in the show notes all the links that you need to get more from steve or myself will be there for the end of the show so please folks grab a pen and paper and set your intention to learn a new set of game-changing strategies for personal and professional development. Turn off your zings and pings for 40 minutes as we dive into this auspicious topic. Steve, I'm excited to have you here to pick your brain. And um, your, your spiritualism has, has just expanded my consciousness to a whole new realm. So I'd love for you to share with our guests, please, how to navigate the energies of this time of global transition. What's going on, Steve?
1: Yeah, so what I, what I understand, it's taken me a while to kind of work it out, but what I understand is the planet is going through a big transition. That transition has been going on now for some decades. What it means is basically the, the, the planet's been shaken up It's been shaken and stirred. A transition means something's ending and then something will begin later on. And so something is ending on the planet. And what really is ending is the way we live on the planet. What I mean by that is the the kind of strategies that's been going on at a global level of war, uh, grabbing resources, destroying the planet for short-term gains. This is all kind of ending. Although for many of us, we might find that incredible to believe because it's been going on for so long seemingly. We're transitioning into something else, a new way of living on the earth. The bit in between this kind of ending and new beginning, and the new beginning is still a few decades away. But the in-between bit is a certain amount of chaos, a certain amount of volatility. Old systems are crumbling on the planet. Uh, There's some very dark, I call, think of dark systems on the planet. And perhaps one of the darkest is is our financial system at the moment. And if you look at all the problems on the planet, most of them point to our financial system, uh, the way it's set up. The kind of scarcity set up there, the the kind of debt, the kind of the way it puts so many billions of people on the planet in struggle and suffering benefit. This system is kind of a modern version of slavery, and it has to end. And it is ending. I do feel that the system's going to go through a number of major wobbles. It's already been through one in 2008. It's going to go through more wobbles. I think really what's being called for is a reinvention, a reimagination of this system. And further down the line, I think that system is going to completely be revamped. I do believe that the way we handle money is going to shift. Also, for a lot of people on the planet, a lot of spiritual people, for example, are going through big challenges around money uh, as as we're kind of preparing to clear out from our own personal space these challenges so that the global system can change. So there's a kind of a number of light workers going ahead, working with these issues before the global system can change. And I think this year and next year are going to be a powerful time for that system to start wobbling. So really, this planet, I would call a dark planet for many thousands of years. And what I mean by that is it's been ruled by kind of collective ego madness if you don't believe me just look at the history books or look at what's going on in the world now you know we've got donald trump threatening fire and brimstone or something on on korea (laughs) you know all this uh, kind of stuff and it's almost like we've got children sometimes running the planet you know and i saw on facebook something really funny which says that everyone in nato is very relieved because they put a child lock on the nuclear fire button because of donald trump you know there's a lot of jokes going around the internet now about this but it is almost like children really running the planet and they are a reflection of really the kind of collective ego, and this will change when people wake up and actually demand more from their leaders. So, I think every system's up for change politically, financially, the way the corporate world is dominating the world at the moment, even things like government surveillance. People are stepping out yeah. and going, Enough's enough. You know, the yeah, yeah. Edward Snowdens and the uh, Julian Assange's. Are, and as, as more and more transparency is happening through the internet, more and more we're looking at these things and going, Gosh, that's crazy. You know, how can that be? And this This is the prelude for change, really. So every prophecy on the planet points to this time. Looking at the Christian tradition, we've got the book of Revelations by John, who uh, revealed this revelation, where he saw a very dark time on the planet that ends with a period of light and all the kind of major prophecies talk about this the Mayan calendar Hopi prophecies we are going through a period of extreme volatility where light and dark seem in opposition on the planet because you have more spiritual teachers on the planet now than ever probably before and also we've got a lot of darkness and what I mean by darkness is anti-light anti-growth anti-spirituality obsessive focus on materialism and of course it's nothing wrong with with material the material world we want to balance it but this is a fixation and obsession it's a it's a big problem anyway you can see if you're only focused on the uh, on the materialism and you you deny the light you deny your own authentic self you deny there's anything more than the planet so this is what we're going through this kind of transition and where we're heading is a a world that embraces more heart more true mind which is i think the balance of left and right because our mind uh, our world's out of balance with this obsession with left brain logic and you know analysis and all this and we've kind of disowned the right brain intuition in uh, imagination side and this is returning so we're, we're reclaiming the heart reclaiming our mind we're reclaiming our spirit which is our essential self really and this is what i think shamanism is about and a lot of other spiritual parts are about
0: absolutely so and and you you went on you mentioned lots of things that are that are being shaken up at the moment and you i was going to add religion as well because that is um but you know that that's a whole topic that's the taboo, isn't it? We won't go there today for obvious reasons. But (laughs) what are are people experiencing, Steve, that are are, are noticing that that things aren't right in their worlds? I know from hearing your story many times, perhaps you'd like to embellish on that a little for people, Um, many of our spiritual leaders and those that are leading the charge and helping people embrace this change have been through ridiculous hardship
1: themselves yeah i think the spiritual path is often sold through the mind body spirit world is this lovely wonderful the angels are going to find you car parking spaces and all these things and of course th- that's true it happens it does, you know, it th- does, work. <laughs> it does work and there are I, this was how i first started years ago when i heard about this i thought there are beings who will help me find car parking spaces so i i, I practiced with all this and it kind of works i thought wow this, there is something in this but there is this other side that we're not just meant to live in wonderful big mansions with Ferraris and have wonderful holidays and meet our soulmate and just have this amazing life. This is, of course, part, you know, it's, it's fine to have this amazing life, but really the spiritual part is about uh, growing, it's about expanding, it's about aligning with who you truly are. And sometimes that means going through challenges because the challenges are there to kind of almost like knock us out of this kind of fantasy world you know when i see a lot of these yeah. tarot cards these days of angels with big breasts and blonde hair you know the, the <laughs> kind of fantasies just knock us out of I me mean, it's really the spirit world is there saying hello you, you know when you came through the birth canal you forgot your mission you came here with a, we came here with a reason and we forgot it and then we have to be woken up and sometimes we're woken up with a hug sometimes with a little tap on the shoulder sometimes a little slap on the face and in my life i went to sleep i was the kind of spiritual teenager looking searching i, I mean i did search in a lot of spiritual organizations and a lot of bookshops, I was looking for something. I couldn't find yeah. it. So at the age of 16, I, I decided, I remember deciding, you know what? I can't find what, whatever this thing is, and I'm going to forget it. Uh, my, my parents don't get it. My, and my future wife, I was engaged at the age of, I think, 18, wasn't getting it. So I thought, well, nobody gets it. So I'm just going to be normal. So I tried normal if anybody's listening for this normal doesn't really work for long uh, I, it ended the um eventually the spirits started calling me which is part of the shamanic path you get called mm. by spirits they're going wake up you know this life is not what you're meant to be doing there's more i was married with two children i was working in the city of London in, in finance banking and, and I got really the ready to slap and I didn't understand what it was the spirits were calling and if you resist the calling uh, in shamanism anyway you get something what it calls shamanic illness and I became severely depressed in my 20s I actually tried to leave the planet in my late 20s and this was my first experience of spirit because um, as I was leaving the planet and I really I meditated I really decided if I'm going to do it I'm going to do it I'm not gonna it's not a call for help it's I'm yeah. going or i'm staying yeah so i decided to go and as i was kind of losing consciousness i remember a spirit coming in a voice coming in and saying there's hope and i was like what is this it wasn't my it wasn't my voice it was another voice and i I was like wow and then I, i was really curious but i was kind of Bemused by, I'm just leaving the planet, and you wait for now to tell me. And then the voice repeated itself, and then I called for help. I picked up the phone and I called an ambulance, and that was the beginning of a whole nother journey. Yeah, that started a whole process where I resigned from that job. I went into psychotherapy. I started finding spirituality, and and then I was still married. My, My ex wife, and now ex wife, was very, very anti any of this stuff. And so it was a real struggle, and for a while I had to hide going to workshops and and then she found out and was furious and we had eventually we, we didn't we couldn't stay together because she she kinda gave me in a sense the ultimatum it's me or this spiritual path and it was too strong for me to resist, you know.
0: Yeah. Yeah. What saved so your life.
1: Yeah, let's and that led me into this whole journey where I, let, I became a director of alternatives, this amazing organization in London, where I'm, I'm, we hosted all these amazing people, Byron Katie, Deepak Chopra, Neil Donald Walsh. Wow. You know, all these kind of characters. And I did that for 13 years. And I had an amazing time. I was diving into all kinds of spiritual paths, but then I, I had the spirits of calling again. And this time, when they, when they called the second time round. I do life. I was in the, with my soulmate. I was in the house we manifested. I was, I was, you know, in a job that I absolutely adored. Wow. So I wasn't going to listen to this calling. I was like, uh, no, I've, I've listened to you before. I'm here. I've done my bit and I'm, I'm having this great life. And they kept calling and I kept resisting. And that caused a major implosion in my life where I my, my separated from the soulmate. We sold the house, which we really loved. Oh, wow. And I, I resigned from alternatives. So it was a massive transition. And that was a dark night, the soul, very difficult that took me about four or five years to come out. But on the other side, I started talking about, you know, downloading, channeling, Starseed stuff, Ascension stuff, all this stuff that I'm talking about now. Yeah. And at the time, I'm thinking, oh, my God, what's going on? You know, this is, this is way out of the cosmos. But I realized that, that I had been resisting the calling. And I actually did have a near-death experience during that time. I nearly drowned in Greece. And um, it, was, it was really a very strong. I remember at the time thinking I'm going to die. Wow. But I got rescued at the last minute. And I think I, I realize now that I was resisting the calling. And I did really nearly die. And that near-death experience is, um, is part of the parcel so if you do really resist the calling. Resisting okay. the calling is normal. You know, it's the, it's the matrix, the red pill and the blue pill. And yeah. I, if you keep taking the blue pill, then spirit will come harder after you, really. They're trying to yeah. wake you up.
0: Yeah, yeah. Just, I've, I've had that experience myself personally. So I, I do know. And the, the more I resisted, the harder they came as well. Yeah. So when you mentioned that shamanism called you, there are there other, um, other things that call people?
1: Well, it's... You know the spirits don't really care about which path you're doing. They're, they're calling you, and they're not everyone will be called to shamanism. But there are all kinds of paths and many, brilliant, valid paths. But right. when they're calling you, it's the same. If you're resisting the calling, there's a kind of disease in and a kind of tension, what I call soul tension. That's not. There's two types of tension: ego tension and soul tension. Ego tension is I'm hungry, I eat, oh it's gone. Yeah. Or you know, the house is dirty. I look at it. Oh, I don't feel good. I clean it up. Oh, it's fine. But soul tension is no matter what you do to jiggle your reality, to, you know, move the furniture around, something still has a kind of sense of that something not right. I'm not on track. I'm not doing what I'm here to do. That's yeah. a deeper calling. And when, that, when you start stepping up to it you you know spirit calls and you go usually go no 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 no. i don't know what i I don't understand it i'm confused i can't get what you're telling me because it's a language the spirits start speaking to us in a language that we don't understand initially the language will be signs and portents it might be weird conversations it might be dreams that are kind of odd and you get the feeling something's up but you don't quite know what it is but the calling is not this way This way, you know, you're heading in the wrong direction, basically. Yes, yeah. You're on a boat going to Florida when we want you to go to New York, and we're kind of trying to tell you, and we're and you're going, what? I, I don't get it, you know. And so the slaps get a bit harder, and if you're really not listening, then your reality starts shaking something might happen there might be a catalyst that enters your life that kind of shakes you up you know for me the first uh, wake up was the death of my father and that caused me to really wake up so there's a wake up yeah and then we get the feeling you know uh what is true what's authentic for me and we start to follow it and then as we start to follow that calling we get signs that are showing us on track slightly off track the main sense of being on track is a tremendous sense of aliveness in the body and the main sense of being off track is a sense of disease unease something's not quite right you know flow no no flow you know that kind of thing synchronicity no synchronicity yeah that kind of stuff they're all showing us on track off track yeah so you can follow any path you know there's many brilliant cabalistic paths you know um there are many paths working with angels all kinds of paths but as long as it's true for you it will start working and that's the key is it working do you feel on track are you stepping up are you taking steps that you need to take uh, I met this author many years ago called Susan Jeffers, and she wrote a book called "Feel the Fear and Do It Anyway." It's a brilliant book. I recommend your listeners to get the book, and it, all, it talks all about the familiarity zone. And the familiarity zone is something where we live in, and we go, "This is where I feel comfortable. I feel safe." And that 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 um, actually that that zone may be uncomfortable, but it's familiar. You know, you might be yeah. married to an alcoholic, and it might be very painful, but it's familiar, and you know, it's the bed of the devil. You know, it's that kind yeah.
0: of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So,
1: And a lot of people think that they're changing their lives by – if I use the analogy of a boat in a harbor, they take their boat in the harbor from one side of the harbor and put it on the other side where the sun's a bit better and go, oh, I've changed – my life, you know, I've changed my boyfriend or girlfriend, I've changed my job, but fundamentally nothing has changed because spirits going, No, 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 we don't want you to move around the harbor. We want you to move out into the sea because yeah. we want you to go across that sea. Yeah. And you're going, No, no, that sea's dangerous. It's deep. It's got storms. And you got spirits going, Get out there. And you, and you resist. <laughs> Resistance is normal, actually. To the calling is normal. But eventually, there's only one way and that's out. And yeah. that means yeah. a shake up of reality. And it takes courage. For anyone listening to this, going oh, you know, I know I've got to shake my life up. It does take courage, and there's also a timing. It's not about throwing yourself into the void. When spirits call, you know, and there's a timing when you take the step. It's not about just throwing yourself out there, you know, because if your ego's saying just throw this job in and start a new business, if it comes from the ego, you're heading for a problem.
0: Yeah. Uh, so that's yeah.
1: partly, how do I know it's coming from my ego and it's coming from spirit? that 's a whole question in itself really well
0: it is but, yeah it is but you if you come back to the feeling with it if it feels light it's right yeah you know, if it feels heavy and it fills you with dread then it's then it's not the right path
1: yeah if your heart you have to really tune in and a lot of people are living in their heads and disconnected from their body and shamanic path and a lot of spiritual paths are body orientated parts so intuition comes through the body it comes through the emotional field so if you're listening to your head which is your ego only and making decisions there you're heading for trouble but if you have a if you're taking the decision you know is it should i go left or right or should i take that job or that job or whatever and you tune into your body the body will will have a different answer often from the head Mm -hmm. and the body is the one to follow the feeling is the one to follow not the emotional reaction there's a feeling which is gentler it's softer That's the one to follow. So it takes time. You have to tune into it to really, it's like tuning a radio and you go, oh, there it is. That's the gentle voice. That's the gentle feeling. I actually get the feeling now it's time to leave. But my head's going no 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 the money's good this is what happened to me when I left
0: I, I was just thinking <laughs> yeah
1: I had a career in local go- well banking in the local government and in local government I remember asking the universe this is when I was connected to the spirits uh, should I resign and I asked a very specific question and then I got the answer at lunch break one day 24 hours after asking the question I was walking down Brixton Acre Lane where I was working and there was a guy with a t-shirt and the t-shirt on the back was a Nike sign just do it and <laughs> I looked at it and I was and it hit me like a thunderbolt this is a sign my body was just like oh yeah. wow that's the answer i know it's the answer and then my head went you must be joking you're throwing in this career from this t-shirt are you kidding <laughs> within two minutes i saw the same sign in a window and i resigned the next day and it was the, it was the best decision it was actually the perfect timing because if I, I resigned at the right time to go to alternatives because um. the opening happened there and then i had this amazing adventure there so timing was perfect actually
0: I've had um signs on buses and my whole body's just gone into goosebumps and it's just like okay all right I'm listening
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah
0: it is it's extraordinary when you do allow yourself to get out of your head and into your heart and you mm. start to feel it's a completely it's a different language because we are hardwired Our ego is is strong it it knows best for us so it thinks and it is it's it's like learning a different language isn't it
1: yeah because we're in this time of change and and vibration is changing Mm. the ego was fine for us as a protection mechanism in 3d 3d is the old world of light versus dark all these schisms you know split us versus them you know male and female are kind of at war with each other the the, the ego is set up to defend ourselves in a difficult world Mm. but when we start moving into a more loving world we don't need the ego in the same way we can start shifting the ego up to become a a safe vessel for our spirit this is part of the spiritual journey ego shifts and transforms so early in the journey the ego becomes a resistance force you know you must be kidding you know you're not doing that it's you have an intuition and the mind comes and goes no but later on in the journey the the ego softens and becomes more one with your journey that's the part of the journey
0: that's, That's the goal. That is the goal. Yep. And I, I have heard lots of um, lots of teachers suggest that the ego is bad, you know, you have to leave it all behind right. and all that sort of stuff. I completely disagree. Change the rules. Bring it with you. You'll be a yep. lot stronger and safer and, and happier with the completeness of it all because it's going to come back and bite you if you don't
1: upgrade. You have to love and soften the ego, not kill it. Definitely not kill it because the ego is part of your energy field and it can be transformed. It's, imagine a, a part of you that got a bit stuck at the age of five, like a little five-year-old has tantrums or sulks, and you go, I want to kill that part. I mean, it's crazy. Yeah. What you want to do is love it and, and upgrade it and transform it because mm. that's what you needed at the time and didn't get it.
0: Absolutely. I completely agree. And, and yeah, unfortunately... Our parents, and bless them, they did the best they could. It's certainly yeah. not the way to raise a child in this energy world that we're moving into.
1: Yeah, it's probably my, I was born in the late 50s. So my parents had the values of post-war, second world <laughs> yeah. war values, you know, rationing and everything's hard. You've got to work hard, be a cog in the machine. And that wasn't me in the emerging 60s. It was a very different value sets coming up and mm. uh, my parents didn't like it didn't understand it and i was really drawn to all these beatnik hippie culture you know and they would switch the telly off when any of it came they go no that's not for you follow us because we know the way and this is the trouble for parents really because we don't know the way because the world's tra- transforming so fast that if we try and impose our value sets on our kids even us with spiritual values they'll reject them because they have different values you know yeah. so it's, what is the values of our children and really pulling them out or nurturing that rather than just trying to force something on them which won't fit them you yeah know? and then they have to do therapy to undo
0: the <laughs> yeah exactly right steve yeah. could you share with us a little more about shamanism and how you work with people i've, I've had a, a good look around your site and i know that you do energy extraction soul loss retrieval yeah share a little bit more about that with us please I,
1: t- I did train I trained um, classically in shamanism and I, I do a lot of the classical techniques and it, it's shamanic journeying which is journeying into the spirit worlds and there are many spirit worlds classically there are three worlds that in, in shamanism we talk about lower, middle and upper. The lower world is the world where we meet all kinds of teachers, crystal stone, mineral beings plant beings, animal beings, animal protecting spirits and shamanism was very strong on working with animal protection spirits. Yeah. And there's the middle world, which is this world, which we can kind of call for help uh, in this world, this middle world or the astral plane as well. Uh, we can even journey in this world. For example, I had, a, I had a friend who, if she wanted to check out, this was before the, uh, this was before internet, you know, and Google mm-hmm. and everything. If she wanted to check a hotel in Brighton, she'd travel there astrally and check wow. out the different hotels. You know, you can do that yeah. if you're really good at it. Um, and you can go and check out how your partner's doing across the other side of the world if you if you want to that's the kind of stuff you can do in the middle world. The upper world is where you do connect with beings like angels, various master guides teachers like the Buddha and Christ around the upper world. There are a lot of star beings, which is what I'm very interested in, which is why I call it star shamanism. Because of this time on the planet, there are a lot of what I call star seeds here. Star seeds are beings who naturally have not been very long in this reincarnational cycle, or their, their natural history is elsewhere in other other worlds, other dimensions, other star systems. So at this time of transition, there are a lot of star beings who are very focused on this planet. And mm. beings from like places like Orion, uh, Sirius, Pleiades... Antares, uh, Andromeda. And a lot of starseeds who have those kind of karmic connections with these beings can actually work with them. And they, these guys are really calling to, to come and work with starseeds because they're very helpful in helping starseeds wake up to more levels of their light body and get really on track. So these are the three worlds you can work in. And within these three worlds, there are many subdivisions, there are many kind of sub worlds you can go to. The shamanic journey is taken really for healing, advice. You can go and uh, ask questions yeah. or for power. So healing advice or power. For power, I'm not talking about power over. In Shamanism, they have a kind of distinctions about power. You can have power over, which is a classical one we have in the world now. You know, there's popes and there's generals and there's politicians, power over. There's power within which is when we really connect to our inner light. And the other form of power is power with. So there's power from our inner light and there's power from the light of other beings in the universe. So we can connect to these levels of power. Okay. And so that's why I talked about power. And you can think of power as energy, really. Yes. Um, energy extraction and soul loss and soul retrieval are, are connected. And I, I'll talk about soul loss first because it connects to energy extraction and soul retrieval. So soul loss h- happens um, well, let me say, first of all, that soul loss is endemic in Western civilization. Yes. Uh, I think it's, it's, it's everywhere, you yes. know, because of the way yeah. we live, disconnected from the land. We, we live in a culture where we go through kind of trauma and shock. It's not like the old tro- tribal cultures where we're kind of held, you know, in a kind of net of love in a way. Uh, yes, yes, they had initiations which were challenging, but they were meant to wake us up. We, don't, we also don't have those initiations anymore, so we don't wake right. up to who we truly are.
0: Yeah, so yeah. we
1: live in a world where even our birth is a shock. We, get, we may have been held up by our toes and slapped, you know, all this going. On. We go through various childhood shocks, adolescent shocks. And any time we have a trauma in our life, it's a time when we can lose parts of our light, soul loss. And in shamanism, they have a different definition of soul than Christianity. In Christianity, the idea of a soul is something that we have that we possess that we could potentially lose. You know, there's a soul somewhere that, yeah. you know, what is it, the what's the point in gaining the world and losing your soul? These ideas, you know, which, yes. which is a kind of good metaphor, but shamanism has this idea that soul is everywhere in the body. So your heart could have a piece of soul. Your liver could have a piece of soul. Your bones, your blood, parts of your light body. Uh, your inner child is parts of your soul. Your inner adolescent. These are parts of our ego selves, which should stay with us, really, as we grow up. You know, as we grow through childhood, we grow through times of play, creativity, fun, joy, and they should stay with us, really. But sometimes... For example, in childhood, if we go through shocks, we may lose our fun. We may lose our yeah. creativity. They leave us because yeah. they see us as not safe containers. There's a great story I heard years ago of a guy who had two young daughters. And he, and they're both very artistic. And he came home one day and one of the, young, the youngest daughter, I think, painted a big mural on one of his white walls, you know, a kiddie mural. She thought it was great. Dad would oh, love it. I bet she did. Dad went ballistic. <laughs> 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 and what happened for her was she never... Shut down. She put down, she shut down the creativity. Mm, yeah. Whereas her sister went on to be an artist. Yeah, so wow. she lost her artistic soul.
0: Yep.
1: And that would need to be called back. And you can call these things back. Someone might have a shock in adolescence around sexuality and they lose part of their soul around their kind of sexual energy or sexual curiosity. We might go into the world of work and find ourselves just shutting down parts of our excitement around, you know, our resourcefulness gets shut down because we're put in a box. and on a factory line and we go we just kind of lose our light we get dulled so all this is light which we lose and be called back yeah this
0: is the inner power yes
1: this is parts of our, you could call it soul or our light field. Uh, our light field has many layers, and that layer is made mm. up of our inner child, inner adolescent, inner adult, uh, yeah. all these archetypal energies. You know, the inner shaman, the inner magician, the inner wise person, the inner, it might be a parts of our emotional field. We might lose, we might not be able to access our joy, our fun. Uh, I've met people who are completely serious. They can't access You must Mm -hmm. have met them, Michelle, as well. Oh, I have. You look at them and they're like, where's your fun? It's gone. You shake them. (laughs) And they've lost it. Yeah, if we lose our soul light, basically it creates voids in our energy field. Now, nature abhors a vacuum. And these vacuums get filled with energies from the universe, from nature, from elemental energies, and uh, from other people's energy. So we can take on energy from other people. And a lot of very sensitive people, spiritual people, are like sponges. They absorb energy. So you can take on energy from your family, your colleagues, your friends, your workplace. You absorb it in your energy field. And you fill these voids. But unfortunately, those energies are no good for you. They're not yours. They can be toxic. Mm, yes. They can even turn into disease. You know, some illnesses like cancers can be. A lot of illness in the body is actually foreign energy in the body. It shouldn't be there. You have to pull it out. So energy extraction is techniques in pulling out other people's energy. And once you pull it out, we then call back more of your own true light into the body. In shamanism, they say they have a very good idea around um, psychic defense. They say the best form of psychic defense is filling your body and your light field with so much light and power that mm. nothing can get in.
0: It. Yeah. It's not
1: about shielding and you know doing mm, five, you know, five stars and here and there. So that's their view, and I really agree with that. I do um,
0: 100%, 100%. And the, more, the deeper you breathe, and that's, that's where a lot of people fall into a lot of problems because they get anxious and they shallow breathe, so they're not allowing that light into their body
1: yeah that's true now, The thing with soul loss is we don 't call the light back into our body initially the, the The technique is we call it back into I use crystals a lot, so okay. etheric crystals. And we get the light to be called back into these crystals and we call, we send it to the higher self for healing, transforming, cleansing and returning uh, at the right time right place. Because if we, I did this once, I did soul loss and I pulled back all this light in my body and then I collapsed for about two weeks because I was was dealing with all the memory and trauma that left me in the first place. And you don't want to deal with that because it left The trauma, and you call it back; it's still got the trauma. So yeah. that trauma can be siphoned, filtered out. So you don't have to have the trauma. Uh, yeah. Definitely, the trauma.
0: yeah. And that, that's a great point that you bring up, Steve. For anyone that, because a lot of these people can do for themselves working with energy, once you learn the the, the tricks and the tips, because you don't want to be bringing in dirty energy it's um, it 's damaging,
1: yeah, on my uh, YouTube channel and website there's transmissions, I think lower energy extraction transmission is on mm-hmm. the on the website on, the, on YouTube channel and then for soul retrieval there's a, the under something called the isis transmission the yeah. i've used connected to the goddess isis and called back soul parts so those two you can use beautiful but if you feel a bit stuck it's good to 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 know who works with this so you can actually get introduced once you've got the introduction then you can do i mean a lot of shamans say you can't do it for yourself but i actually think nowadays you can mm. but it's good to have the introduction first
0: Absolutely. You you need to know what you're working with. You need to be informed and you need to, you know, create your own discernment around the practices that you choose as well
1: and you may need to be introduced to your spirit allies so once you're introduced to your spirit allies it's like you get the introduction and off you go and these allies can be angels they can be animal spirits they can be plants they can be stone beings they can be star beings and a lot of people sense them but can't connect to them so if you get a kind of connection you're connected and then off you go and they really become the teachers they take over really
0: yeah, absolutely. Isn't it beautiful that um, in this day and age we've, we've moved from like straight up business coaches and life coaches into yeah. spiritual coaches that yeah. encompass all of that because it, we are a, an entire complete being and there's no point working on one part of your life if you're not going to embrace it all.
1: Exactly. And I know that you work a lot with entrepreneurs and just uh, people might be listening to this thinking, well, that's all very well. It's a nice spiritual path. How does it relate to work, business, money? But I find I I was a director of alternatives for 13 years. I used all of this in that Mm. that business. I used it for calling in. um, So if we wanted a a spiritual teacher that we, we couldn't access, like I remember Richard Bander, the NLP founder, We wanted to have him come and do something and then we called him through the spirit world and then we found someone to give us the introduction, you know, and we did the same with Deepak Chopra. So we got connected through the spirit world first and then we got all these connections and, you know, I I would always work with the spirit allies of the organization and
0: Mm. I think people
1: felt a different energy in the organization. It wasn't like an ego organization. It was an organization of service spirit and, Mm. you know, financially it shot through the roof. It's yeah. not just a nice little technique that you can do, and you know, in my own business, um, again, I work this way, and I'm I'm getting clients coming out my ears, you know, and yeah. people will sense that the energy coming from your business, whether your service. I mean, generally, I'm doing this because, yes, of course, money's great; it keeps the business flowing. But I live, live a, a quite a simple life. I don't need lots of money, but. I do want to reach as many people as possible. Yes. And my YouTube channel has reached over 200,000 in seven months, and that's great. I want to mm. I want to reach a million people as quickly as possible.
0: Yeah, yeah, and that's hugely admirable, Steve. Congratulations, and and it is the air of service that that I sense from you. And as you said, with the entrepreneurs that will be tuning in and and listening and hearing this message in this time of global transition, guys and girls, it is vital that your business has the right energy. So that yeah. it can call in the right people and you can then go on to serve more.
1: I think in the past, you know, the entrepreneur with the biggest ego or the big, biggest risk, risk taking, you know, could do very well. You know, the Richard Bransons and these kind of types. But mm-hmm. more and more, I think people are drawn to smaller businesses with real vision and creativity and a real powerful story behind it and a sense of service. So I, I think, you know, yes, there's these big organizations that are, uh, are out there, you know, and, you know, things like Google have a great vision. But more and more people are drawn to vision and energy rather than, you know, some ego story or something, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so it's really – and it, it's having, everyone has to have a balance. There's a balance between service to self, which is about money – practicalities about business, how you're doing about you know, getting out there and service to other. It's a really good balance and the balance should always tip towards service to other. You should be really interested in serving the planet in some way and then being rewarded for that you know so that you can continue the journey money is just fuel it's energy money is energy and it's fuel if you're a little spaceship that's going between planet to planet you don't want to run out of fuel halfway no no, you don't (laughs) but the point of the journey is not the money the point of the journey is are you here doing what you want to do are you aligned with your soul purpose are you on fire you know i get up in the morning going yay let's get going you know or are you are you kind of not feeling that way A lot of people are here now to wake up in this time to what they're really here to do, not to live a comfortable life. And I know that's challenging, but sometimes, I mean, what the business I'm doing, even 10 years ago, I would never have even dreamed of doing this. I thought there's no way I'm going to do this stuff.
0: (laughs) yeah i agree completely
1: (laughs) and (laughs) i was at alternatives which was already far out there and now i think i've gone even further out there
0: yeah and there's so much more to come isn't there
1: i think so yeah Yeah.
0: on that note steve i'd like to thank you Mm. enormously for being here today for connecting with with my audience and for those that need to hear your message for the your call your answer to your call for service
1: Oh, thank you. Thanks, Michelle, for having me.
0: Mm, It's a pleasure. Could you just remind people where they can find you, Steve?
1: So thesoulmatrix.com is my website, and on YouTube is Steve Nobel. You'll find my channel there.
0: Fantastic. Well, I extend much love and light and joy into your day. Steve, thank thank you very much for joining us. And to our beautiful entrepreneurs out there, remember, guys and girls, shine bright. That is why you're here. We are here to help. If we can, we would be delighted to. And until next week, that's all for now. Goodbye, guys.